I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 270, for the week of Wednesday, the 26th of April, 2017. I'm Ben. And I'm Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, actionfigureblues.com, and tonight our toy discussion is a look at Mattel's Club Third Earth Thundercats classic line. Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm used to getting multiple responses. This, uh, this yeah. act, it's uh, still, still something to get used to. Yeah. At least it's, it's two good ones on tonight, I'm well, sure. That's right. <laughs> yeah. so, we say so ourselves. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, mate, have you, uh, have you crawled out of your chocolate induced coma yet? Is, is, uh, Easter behind you and you've, you're moving on and looking forward to Halloween? Yeah, I've, I've done, I'm, did that stupid thing where I'm trying to be good and I started right before Easter. <laughs> and it's that worst sort of time to, cause I sort of, I, I joined a gym about a month before Easter. Good on you. I'm in that thing, I'm starting to see results and then you get the Easter, <laughs> yeah, literally that Easter sweet, <laughs> um, come in and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm tempted on both sides here, but I do have a tradition here. Uh, I don't know if they're too well known in, other parts of the world, but we've got a cute little creature here in Australia known as a bilby, and he's kind of become a little bit of a weird icon of Easter here in Australia, and we've got tons of chocolate rabbits, but a company or two tends to put out a chocolate bilby because the bilby sort of looks like a cute little rabbit-type creature. So I, I always get a bilby, a bilby, like my little Easter tradition. Yeah, what about yourself? Did you get filled? Oh, we... <clears throat> We don't, uh, Mrs. Shake and myself, uh, don't buy the girls, uh, a lot. Um, we tend to buy sort of, uh, the, the, the bag of small eggs and then do a bit of an Easter egg hunt. And, uh, we were conservative again this year and I'm glad we were because we just get chocolate from everyone. It's not just the grandparents. It's like people come to visit. So they bring stuff mm. and we get together with another family. It's still one of those, um, you know, excuse to get together and catch up. And so of course they brought little Easter baskets and it's actually mm. to the point where I've been rationing it to the girls because I've got I've three in. And, I mean, they're at the age where they're really, they really, they love the concept of Easter, not just the eggs, but just, you know, the whole mythical. I, mean, I personally yep. couldn't think of anything more terrifying than this rabbit <laughs> creeping around the house while I was asleep, you know, leaving eggs everywhere. But yep. um, So, they're, you know, they're eight, six, and six, and they, they get right into it. But um, the sheer amount of chocolate that's been left over, and because and I'm rationing it, I'm just looking at it going, this is going to take us through to the end of June. Um, so today when they were distracted and, and watching My Little Pony, I um, actually sort of got it all out onto the kitchen bench and I lined it up in what I deemed to be quality order. So going with the, the good stuff down to the, you know, I've never <laughs> even seen this brand before. What do you yeah. it's, it's come from the reject shop. Like, I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> the... Um 
to me, it's always the little tiny eggs that are just flat. They don't have any like crack designs or that in the mold. They're just just a flat, smooth yeah, um, yeah. chocolate button. That's always the sign of. And is there always that busy. one person at work that buys a big bag and then leaves them on everyone's desk, and it's like, yeah. eh, you know. Yeah. And then you find yourself in the afternoon going, oh, I shouldn't, and I know they're crap, but I'll just have one, yeah. and then it goes from there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've estimated it at probably about 30% might just, um, I feel bad throwing food away, but uh, honestly, it's uh, we're, we're getting down to the dregs with some of it. So. We um, have a lady at work, who I won't uh, name names here, but she <laughs> comes from a very large, um, in terms of lots of members in her family, and they constantly have big celebrations and birthday parties and Christmas and Easter and that, and she's not a big fan of giving her kids confectionery. Mm-hmm. So after the big days and events, she actually, like, rations it out just like you do but about 90 percent of it she packs up and brings and puts into our break room at work for people to just come and grab and i keep telling her one of these days her kids are going to find out how much of their food has been given away to our break room and they're going to disown her or it's either that or she has stock in insulin somewhere and she's trying to get as many people on sugar as possible well because my girls don't have um sweets that often um, they actually are quite particular, and you know the the lint and the Cadbury goes down well. But even the red julep, they're not that fussed on. So yes, but anyway, I saw uh, on Facebook that you had uh, a bit of a disaster this week. Yeah, I um, came home from uh, one of my theatre rehearsals and just basically uh, jumped in the shower, went to bed, and the next morning I went to go to gym and I couldn't find my wallet anywhere and i destroyed my house looking for this wallet um and i'd only been in three rooms since i'd used it but i still managed to rip apart the laundry and the third bedroom and got people into the house to help me look and about 24 hours i couldn't find it and i was devastated too because you can tell i'm a nerd because i wasn't worried about id or bank cards but it has my tickets for my advanced screening of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and I was, yeah, it's tomorrow <laughs> as we record this. And I was freaking out about that because it's like, surely all the tickets are gone by now and that one and I'm bringing a girl with me. I'm going to have to explain to her that <laughs> we're not going to be able to get in and all all these things going through in my mind. But um luckily I dropped down to the theater and because I do attend a lot of advanced screenings, Yep. There, the guy behind the counter was the ones I'd actually um, got the tickets from a couple of weeks ago. They remembered me and just printed me off new ones, which was uh, very, uh, very sweet of them. So, big shout out to uh, Reading Cinemas there. And I even tweeted about it, and James Gunn liked the tweet. So, um, they, got, they got some love from him there. Uh, and then I uh, came home and found my wallet underneath a bag that I never touch. I was going to ask you, is it one of those situations, <laughs> whether it's gone forever or whether it's mysterious? Uh, it, it turned up um, like pretty much an hour after I'd cancelled all my bank cards, uh, which was a big pain in the neck because once you cancel those, there's no undoing it. They just send out the new ones right away. So I'm stuck uh, in between all these public holidays waiting for the <laughs> cards to come out. And it was just I've got no idea how it got under a bag that I didn't move. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is 
in my tearing apart of the place. I've moved some bed sheet or something that's jumped against the wall, and then I've moved something else and it's fallen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I did search through the bag that I never sort of touched there in my room, but I did <laughs> lift it up, so I didn't see it there at all. And it was weirdly just when I was looking for a uh, shoe, I uh, moved that to get a hand in reach, and that's when I found it. And it's just, yeah, yeah, that annoying, painful thing, but at least that meant that I don't have to... Um, get new ID and yeah, Medicare and all that. It's just the bank cards and changing over the direct debits, which is not too many. So I'm good. I am freaking out that something good's going to jump up for pre-order though <laughs> this week and turn through. That's that's my biggest fear at the moment. Is the next Marvel Legends are going to go up? Some. <laughs> it's all right. I'll, I'll I'll come to the rescue. That's. that's <laughs> Thank you. Matt. What about yourself? Any uh, disasters around? Or no, um, Mrs. Shake is uh, actually in San Francisco, uh, which, um, if you live in America, it probably doesn't sound like a big, uh, big deal. But since we're in Australia, that's uh, a pretty big thing. Um, so she's had the opportunity, <clears throat> because of her role, uh, to go through Silicon Valley and, and places like that, and. Um, see how they do things over there, and now I'm assuming, as an Australian collector, you have given her a list. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I, I went to a Word document and I was painting <laughs> all the pictures of the the Walgreens exclusives, and because I, I, I thought if I just do a list, it's just not going to be good enough. So we've got these really, uh, you know, super uh, color laser printers at work <laughs> so each a4 had sort of four pictures of the, these different walgreens exclusives and um so i gave that to her a couple of pages of stuff to look for and uh, and bless her she she hit the first walgreens in uh, just under three hours of landing so well that i i think you can do that by accident the way the walgreens oh, popping up in the u.s so many this they're just i mean i remember them there when when i was there in 2011 and you were walking past them they're, they're like 7-elevens they're just everywhere yeah. but um so i think she picked me up a, a yellow daredevil first appearance daredevil and uh, a black ant um, nice. as her first hit so yeah which is good because i don't have the first appearance daredevil so that was nice but uh she's in the middle of um she's now left silicon valley and she's in the city staying right on union square uh and of course you know being in union square there's not a lot of walmarts and toys r us type things uh, mm. in that area of town so she's a bit disappointed so yeah but anyway she's going okay i'm i'm going okay mostly <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> I can use uh, a discussion about toys as a distraction. Very good. <laughs> All right. right. Well, shall we uh, jump into it? We shall. We'll come back after this break and talk about something uh, pretty cool. I require your mom. Well, if you've been listening to the AFB podcast for any length of time, cast your mind back to episode 236, where you will uh, recall Eddie talking about Mattel's Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat two-pack that was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, and uh, a very good job he did. And, well, if uh, we were eating ice cream now, it would be a double helping of bittersweet, because we're going to talk about the rest of the Maddie Club Third Earth, uh, what what do you call it, subscription. Mm -hmm. We would have talked about this some time ago, but the (laughs) sea turtle that uh, was bringing Eddie's pantro obviously decided to stop off in uh, a climb and... uh, (laughs) 
I think this might actually hold the record of the longest planned episode of Action Figure Blues because I know you and me were discussing doing this Thundercats episode back in November of last year and it's just uh, finally come to fruition it's <laughs> usually me holding everybody up. We've got Scotty and John, you know, champing at the bit because they've got their Mezco Punisher and I'm still sitting here waiting for mine. So. Yeah. All right. Well, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, back when Maddie Collector was a thing, uh, Maddie Collector decided to expand outside of DC and the uh, Masters of the Universe and took on the Thundercats license which was pretty cool. They went with the subscription model and were releasing four figures in the first year with a uh, sub-exclusive uh, Mumra figure. And uh, we all waited with bated breath, and they're here. And so we're going to talk about the, the four regular figures plus the subscription figure. And, uh, Mr. Eddie, do you have any particular order that you would like to go? Um, I reckon we'd go in release order. Release order. the best, Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that takes us to the the main man himself, and that is Lion-O. Yeah. uh, I think uh, having a a subscription without Lion-O was pretty much uh, never going to happen, so um, we knew we were getting him. And I I thought the initial pictures actually looked really good. When I first saw these, um, and, uh, you know, I knew that they were going to be sort of mostly based on the Motu uh, Buck uh, building them, What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I actually didn't mind the original uh, image that was released of it, but it was hit with a lot of controversy and a lot of fans seemed to really hate um, the original look uh, that they released, so much so that the reason he is different is because there was so much fan demand that the Four Horsemen uh, went in. So he was much more based on the original toy um, sort of colouring and design. Uh, from memory, whereas the one that we ended up with is a bit of a cross between the toy and the cartoon, uh, and is not as orange as uh, the original one let out and doesn't have uh, what was referred to as the Homer uh, <laughs> muzzle being so prominent uh, on his chin there. But I'm still actually very happy with uh, the figure that we got here in terms of the... I mean, that... Lion-O design is such a classic design with that sort of blue unitard just showing his abs uh, <laughs> running uh, through. I actually think a lot of the designs for Thundercats are, are very awkward. Uh, I think the the thing that I've never managed to get past is the whole gloves thing that, that both um, Lion-O and actually quite a few characters seem to have it from about the middle of their forearm right down to their fingertips is a different colour to the rest of their upper arm. And, you know, it was never quite clear whether that, you know, was it a glove, is it a birthmark, is it just part of their race, you know? I mean... I sort of took it like um, boots on a cat. Like, if he was a black cat, that's where you get the white kind of paw piece coming in. But, I mean, there's no real interpretation to it. It is whatever... (laughs) Is you imagine? Yes, yes. And I often wondered with um, Lion-O's kind of ab area of his uniform, like was it a, a Legion of Superheroes thing where they just somebody forgot to colour uh, the abs and, and left it as his, as his <laughs> weird kind of 
chest armor thing, but then, you know, with his, his mighty six pack showing. Um, I think it was, cause wasn't this sort of that eighties, uh, football fashion at the time, that like <laughs> mini shirt just showing off the abs at the bottom. So it always took it a bit more like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, uh, there was a, a little bit of a departure to the usual Manny collector fair in that the, uh, the shipper box that these guys arrived in uh, is black with uh, with some sort of grey uh, and white styling on it. Uh, you know, for those of us who uh, have been getting Motu and, of course, the DC figures over the years, we're used to that sort of really generic white box um, with some black writing, uh, and this was a, a nice turnaround. I certainly didn't expect it. Um, obviously, that comes in a, in a brown shipper-type box, so the, the black shipper box is actually protected, so they've done a pretty yeah. good job there but um yeah some nice styling on this box very simple yeah. sort of silhouette kind of art on the side I actually thought it was quite good i actually do like he comes uh with sort of the sort of omens design at the bottom of the box that opens up uh when you sort of cut at the bottom to release the figure mm. and i sort of like that kind of fold out design into the display yeah. Yeah, so uh, so you open up your black shipper box and and you slide out the the main window box and uh, it's an, an interesting design. My uh, initial thoughts was, was that it was fantastic because um, unlike things like Star Wars Black and and Mar- um, Marvel Legends etc., um, there's enough window boxing on the sides and the top that you can actually get a look at the figure uh, from pretty much all angles except the back. So you've got this kind of black edged box with um, a red sort of interior tray um, that stands out. And so um, I actually thought it was a nice sort of change. There's plenty of art uh, on the sides and, and that sort of thing, and the even the logo's um, nicely sort of embossed. Uh, on the back, full-colour images, plus a bit of a, a bit of a bio and some details, etc. Um, I thought the really odd thing with this was you mentioned that when you cut that little bit of tape on the bottom, this flap uh, opens up and you can just slide the tray out. And I thought, wow, that's actually really clever. Like Marvel Legends, you pretty much destroy the box trying to get into them. (laughs) Star Wars Black are kind of not too bad, but this is just genius. Until I realised that when you cut that uh, tape... That flap is never going back. It's, <laughs> it's it gone. It just kind of hangs open. Yeah. It's really awkward. <laughs> it's, um, I guess I've never really gone to reseal them after, so I haven't seen it from that side, but yeah. Uh, I'm in the process. That, um, but the other thing I thought was, yeah, you mentioned the, the whole sort of omens thing. So you've got the, the clear outer box, um, which has uh, Lion-O looking through the sword sort of hilt, uh, and then... Basically, the the sword blade uh, is is embossed, or you know, it's formed into the actual plastic, so it's not just um, a picture or something. And you can actually, you know, feel the edge of the sword. And uh, I thought that was actually really cool until I was sort of trying to look at the figures, and then this stupid sword blade built into the cover is kind of like constantly getting in the way while I'm yeah. trying to check out the figure. It's like, whose idea was it to put this giant clear dildo in front of them? It was just- I think that clear blade was one of those things like it works well as an idea, but not as much in concept once yes. you have the figure behind it and uh, light will reflect the way it does. But yeah. I guess it's um, one of those things, though, you don't really have much of a choice in the figure you get when it's a subscription. <laughs> it's, exactly. You know, you're not, you're not going to be comparing the paint on shelves to the other one. Yeah. But they do look good if you do keep them in the package and sort of line them up. They, uh, they actually look quite nice. So. Um, <laughs> 
props to them. I mean, they weren't cheap, uh, especially for us international folks. All right, well, I was quite surprised, um, despite these guys being sort of heavily uh, stuck in these plastic trays. So obviously you slide out that inner tray and it's uh, that that typical um, moulded tray with a figure jammed in there. But uh, despite that, there was still plenty of little clear rubber band uh, thingies holding them in that have to be removed and, and never to be uh, reattached. Um, but uh, but Lion-O comes out sort of fairly easy, except for the way the sword was kind of crossed over. I thought that was a bit kind of awkward. They obviously wanted yeah. to splay him in the package with it. It's just the way swords kind of <laughs> end yeah. up being a lot these days, unfortunately. And it's one of those things where they have a little slot and then they stick the blade through to hold it in place and you're trying to you know, yeah. wrench it out. But anyway, we get um, we get the king out and uh, he's a good, solid hunk of plastic. Um, I don't have a lot of Motu figures, uh, probably about half a dozen all up, and I certainly don't have them out on display. Um, so, you know, does this guy have the sort of same, you know, look, feel? heft as a Motu figure? He does. They actually, um, all these guys are going to fit perfectly into your Motu collection and that's, um, I actually have mine uh, on a shelf next to my Masters of the Universe, so it kind of bleeds over um, into them on the top shelf and I've also got my uh, DC Dark Knight figures there, so it's kind of the spin-off Motu uh, buck area and they fit really well but what's amazing is there's actually not a lot of Motu parts on him so you've got the shoulders and the biceps and uh, sort of underneath the uh, crotch piece and the upper thighs but that's about it the rest of it's um, pretty much all nude like the uh, chest the lower arms the legs uh, and all that, the head obviously is all uh, new sculpting that just blends in uh, with pieces of the Motu buck. So as much as uh, they are using the buck, they're more using the same design. So it uh, bleeds in, which is great because this was one of those things, uh, as long as we've had the Masters of the Universe line, a lot of collectors there would sort of daydream about how great it would be to get Thundercats in this style because uh, Thundercats and Motu do uh, sort of share a bit of a similar uh, vein. So it was one of those daydreams that no one would think would actually ever happen. And it did. And it was a um, great surprise when it was, announced and I, th- I think they have pulled off the execution of trying to stay within that same buck um, yeah. perfectly. Yeah, look, it's working for me. I mean, I, I do kind of get the, the feel a little that he's, uh, he's a little bit too bulky. Um, I must admit it's been probably, um, probably six or seven years since I last watched one of the classic episodes. Um, and, but, you know, he's certainly very thick. Like, he's got some serious guns on him. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm jealous, uh, at just how, um, yeah, how, how jacked he is. I, I actually should reveal a bit of a secret here. I think I've watched maybe 10 minutes of a Thundercats cartoon. <laughs> I have never really, uh, watched the original series. I watched a couple of the, um, new series, which I didn't oh, mind. Yeah. It was just sort of a, um, hard to track down uh, here to watch uh, when uh, I was looking to watch it. But uh, I more know Thundercats from the Wild Star- Storm short time oh, comic yeah, run, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was a weird attempt to sort of update and adultify mm-hmm. the Thundercats, which wasn't 
horrible, but I did try reading it again recently, and there is some <laughs> cringeworthy stuff uh, in there with a more modern eye. Uh, but that's where I kind of come at with some of these characters and the classic toy line yeah, um, yeah, yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, so in terms of shape and size, that didn't really bother me because I just was seeing all these different Wildstorm artists like Jim Lee and Ian Churchill and all that sort of drawing all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I, uh, aside from sort of, I guess, his bulk, uh, I actually think, you know, this is a, a beautifully executed figure. Uh, at first, I didn't think there was a lot of paint apps going on. Um, he's... Uh, He's sort of cast in a you know a number of people like you know his boots appear to be separate pieces. But um, what I actually quite liked is the more I look at him, I'm really getting a, a nice vibe from the skin tones. Like they look like they've actually done some light airbrushing and even some washes in the the recesses between the muscles. So you're actually getting some really nice definition um, thanks to that. And um, and then I just noticed that the hair has also got a couple of sort of. Uh, apps as well to sort of bring yeah. out some uh, depth to that too. now i don't know if you noticed this but do you know what color the head is cast in uh is it the same color as his kind of forehead no it's not it's actually because and this i found out a horrible way my lino went for a bit of a tumble off his shelf oh and he chipped uh one of his hair curls in the back there because uh, he landed on a dung bell at the bottom oh, and okay. he, the head sculpt is actually a blue plastic right it's cast in blue and you can only really see it without chipping it like i did <laughs> um but uh if you look sort of uh in the neck part the inserts into the peg hole Ah, you might see a little bit of blue in there and i just thought that was really odd that is this very dark blue plastic and everything's just uh painted over the top but i would never have known if i didn't uh chip his little hair piece you know now that you've mentioned it there's actually a very fine split in the seam of his neck and i can actually see the blue plastic underneath yeah so i actually think his whole body was blue to begin with and they've airbrushed it yeah. yeah now i i did i was actually quite proud of myself i was even though it was this tiny pinhead of a curl <laughs> i managed to sort of craft a little toothpick um end of a pin piece and apply some glue and get it attached on and um some very like <laughs> uh, Dr. Strange surgical hand steadiness uh, managed to glue it back and it stayed on fairly tight. So I'm very, I'm going to pat myself on the back there for getting that. Nice. And I'm generally nice. not a good customizer of things <laughs> at that, but I think I got that on. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So the rest of the, I guess the paintwork is sort of fairly uh, basic now. I actually realized because I was sitting here looking at the blue and thinking, you know, that's, um, that's been painted, but now I realise that's actually the base colour because I can see on his abs where they painted the uh, the paint. So, um, so look, you know, he looks pretty darn good. And getting him out of the package, he is uh, he's already kitted out with some accessories. And one of the things I really really liked about this figure uh, is the the level of um, thinking that has gone into his accessories. So, if you are even remotely familiar with Lino, you'll know that the two things that he's always uh, getting around with are, of course, the Sword of Omens uh, and his trusty claw shield, which is a a sort of a a big gauntlet that he wears on his left arm. Now, 
What's cool is often before the Sword of Omens is extended to full size because he's calling for his hose, um, mm-hmm. he, he does actually stick that down inside the gauntlet on his forearm. Um, but you can actually take the claw shield off and sort of hang it on his, on his belt, and that's actually been replicated here with the figure. So that actually gives you the option of having him hold the full-size sword, full-sized sword, say that three times quickly, um, in his right hand, and, of course, have the claw shield uh, on his uh, left hand. You have the option of swapping out the sword with a smaller version uh, of the Sword of Omens, so before it's actually um, done that thing. Uh, Or you've got the option of getting rid of both the full-size sword and full-sized sword, that's just going to drive me bananas, uh, and get rid of the claw shield. And he comes with an additional claw shield that actually has the Sword of Omens inside it that actually can be hung on his waist. Uh, And then you're probably thinking, but hang on, you just said you take the claw shield off his uh, left arm, and he actually has swap-out hands. So I don't know about you, but I'm actually really impressed. Now, I'm not too sure... um but there's actually a, another way you can display him too. Um, and I don't know if you sort of just missed it in explaining or you haven't discovered this yourself because <laughs> a lot of people were complaining that he didn't have this display option, uh, but he actually does. It's just not obvious. When you have the claw shield attached into his arm, there is a little bit of a gap in the sculpting of the claw shield where it uh, sort of splits in two where his elbow is, and you can actually slide the dagger in there. So he can have the dagger in the claw shield while it's on his arm as well. So you can, it does too. The minimized version does actually slide in there. Yeah. There you go. So you've actually got options as to whether, yeah, see, gosh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that that was one of these things I was kind of worried about because I saw so many people complaining about it. And um, because one thing we didn't mention is that Bandai actually had an attempt of doing uh, Thundercats classics a couple of years ago that was disastrous because mm. they, um, from what I've heard on the room mill, they sent the factory the wrong scaling in design. So that's why the original wave were like these behemoth nine-inch figures. And then... They tried to rectify the mistake with the second line and reverted them to six inch and then people were like, oh, why is it completely different? And sales kind of dropped and it was the same time the rest of the new Thundercats cartoon stuff was coming out and not doing so well and it just went away very quickly. But uh, that had the option of storing the dagger into the shield when it's on his arm uh, as well where he does sometimes... Uh, store it and people were not happy that it didn't have it but it's subtle but it is there it's his uh, excellent <laughs> so really that means you've got every possible variation like you can have the the claw shield with the the minimized sword stuck in it and then just hung on his belt and then he just has the two hands to to do whatever he wants mm-hmm. um then you can actually have the version stuck on his arm with the minimized sword behind it as eddie just pointed out um, and then, of course, he can actually draw that minimized sword out. Then you can gently cast it aside and swap it out for the extended sword um, and go the, the whole thing. Yeah. Really, I mean, the sword is nicely done, too. Um, there's some nice work with the uh, the Thundercats logo on a sort of a red badge on the shield. There's a little bit of a green wash on there bringing it yeah. out somewhat. Um, a few more paint apps wouldn't have hurt in, in this area. Really, my 
only major criticism with this figure, I mean, even the claw shield has done well. There's some nice little um, work on the jewels there. Um, probably a, a bit of a wash wouldn't have hurt on that. Um, but, yeah, my only real criticism for, for this guy is, um, you know, the whole point to, to Lionel is that he, he draws that minimised sword out, points it into the air, starts doing the, the Thundercats chant, um, and the sword extends, much like, you know, the old He-Man thing. Uh, and when you try to tilt his head back, he's got this such a voluminous head of hair um, that you can't actually get um, that head back, and uh, and that's a, a little disappointing. And given that he's actually got these swap-out hands, uh, I would have actually preferred a hand that's really pointed down so that when you, you lift up that right arm, you could actually point that, yeah. that sword skyward. I mean, you know, you can get a bit of, you know, maybe a 45-degree angle happening, but it, it's certainly not vertical, which is disappointing. Now, I actually don't have my all my pieces here because a lot of them have ended up in my bits and piece Motu uh, box because it's been so long and trying to dig through that massive box of bits for... Uh, extra hands and that uh, <laughs> it was not going to mean that I'd make this time wise but there was this weird running theme with this line where we seemed to get an extra hand that was almost the exact same hand yeah. that we had and that was where it's kind of like was that meant to be something that hasn't mm. quite worked out <laughs> well and I've seen some weird theories but no one's really been able to explain it to me why yeah. uh, we got this on so many of the figures here. I mean, so Lino has the right hand that uh, is gripping the sword, for gripping the sword, and it's uh, slightly angled. But then he gets two left hands, one which is, uh, you know, almost what you call a, a normal hand-holding sword, and the other one is similar to the right hand. Mm. You can get a slight angle, but they're so similar that... Uh, you, you just have to sort of shake your head and think, you know, what a missed opportunity yeah. it, it was to really get that 45 degree. Because I'd rather just a normal hand on the left and then have the two different hands on the right. Yeah. Uh, and that would have done me. Yeah. Um, also, nowhere to actually store the extra bits and pieces. So if you do cho um, you know, choose to have him holding the, the full-size sword and have the claw shield uh, and you take that one off his hip, there's actually nowhere to put it back in the box. So... Um, you might have to just throw it in your uh, miscellaneous bits pile. I My liner would probably drive a real Thundercats fan crazy because I actually have him on the shelf holding the sword, the claw shield attached to his belt and the claw shield on his arm <laughs> that's storing the dagger uh, into it. So continuity-wise, there's a few issues there. <laughs> I can see people just starting to twitch at the... <laughs> yeah. All right, well... Any last thoughts on this guy, or should we move on? Let's jump on to the next one. All right, and it is uh, Jackal Man. Yeah, one of the mutants. He's indeed. Yeah. He's, uh, for me, he was always just Beast Man. He was just Beast Man. Yeah. Well, it's uh, funny you should say that, because he does use a couple of pieces from uh, Beast Man here, but really, really not a lot. Um, for the most part, he is a brand new figure, I think. It's just the feet and the upper thighs. But now that I'm looking at it, they do appear slightly thinner. So I could be wrong on that. But, yeah, he's um, he was one I expected them to use uh, Beastman parts a lot more on. But uh, it's a new chest and a new little um, lower waist section and a new loincloth and through there. So 
This is definitely the figure that you feel like you get your money's worth. Um, Lino, he, he has the very smooth skin, like on his arms and on his thighs, but uh, Jackal Man actually has the sculpted fur, so um, that's visible pretty much everywhere except kind of like the, the roundness of the inner biceps and um, a little bit on, on the feet, but the, the rest of him has just got this nifty um, you know, light fur all over his body, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, and this is something I think that the Four Horsemen really excel at is sculpting fur. Uh, they had a line years ago that was sort of like cat people, and this reminds me a lot of that. Like they've done just really great with the animal uh, face sculpt here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have actually done some really good stuff with the Gothotropolis and um, their yeah. Was it Seventh Kingdom, etc.? Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy comes out uh, kitted with uh, quite a, a few bits and pieces. So um, you know, in addition to obviously the, the I guess what you call traditional accessories, um, he does actually feature a an armored piece. You've kind of got this um, you know strange pauldron uh, you know on his shoulder, and then a strap that comes down over the, the, the sort of his chest on a forty five degree angle, mm. and then something that's a, a little bit kind of hard to explain, but yeah. Um, it's if you if you look at him, he's got this kind of fur around his neck and on his right shoulder, which is opposite to the the metal armored pauldron. Um, it, it's actually a separate piece, uh, and so you can probably <clears throat> pop off his head. I'm not going to yank on his head too hard, but I, I imagine you can pop off his head and then yep. just remove this completely if you wanted to. Yeah, you can, and it'll take. There's also fur around his neck as well. And down there that's uh, all connected to the pauldron and the fur shoulder. And it just sort of adds a bit of layer to the sculpt while at the same time still allowing um, it to be fairly articulated there, which uh, they did experiment a little bit on in the Motu line. Uh, Merman has a bit of a neck piece like this on his armor, uh, but it's just kind of a clever way of getting that extra sculpt detail in, but without sculpting a whole new chest piece or... Uh, that there, so it's uh, very clever. Certainly the rest of the sculpt is actually pretty impressive. So you've got that uh, the loincloth that that Eddie mentioned, but uh, he does actually have a a van brace on his left arm. I notice um, a lot of these people don't have a lot of money, so they can only sort of buy the one-offs and, you know, choose the the respective arm they need to wear it on. They'll come in twos or something. But um, So, yeah, there's a bit going on there. In terms of paint, uh, this is an interesting one because his fur has uh, two distinct colours. There's the, the orange brown that makes up the majority and then there's that lighter um, cream colour which is uh, mainly obvious on his chest uh, and then also around the muzzle Uh, and that's where the paint apps have actually been applied obviously the cream on his chest has just been painted over the orange uh, and there's a bit of that going on on the face but they've at least made an attempt to um, have a bit of a wash on that that sort of muzzle and the fur that's under the Mm. under the chin is a bit of a pinky sort of orange wash that gives it a bit of definition yeah one thing i actually really like and i don't know if he had this in the cartoon or that but i wouldn't imagine he would have but that sort of cream colored fur he actually has just lot sort of smallly done around his eyes and it just really helps to bring out the eyes for me and there's something very natural about that like it sort of the fur lightens as it thins out and as you're getting in there around the eyes, it's just coming through. I just really like that touch. Yeah, and, and interesting that you mentioned the eyes because one of the things that I think was a bone of contention uh, among a lot of fans was that trying to find that uh, 
I guess that that happy median between the vintage figures versus the actual vintage cartoon, uh, because there was actually quite a bit of a, a difference in the way that the toys were portrayed. Uh, and so, in terms of rendering the eyes on these guys, um, they've gone with a more sort of cartoon feel, and so they've got the, the much larger eyes that weren't as prevalent in the toys. Um, I actually have no attachment to the vintage toys whatsoever. I, I never had any of them. Uh, I remember seeing the cartoon, but I don't actually even remember seeing them in stores. So uh, I, ha- I have zero affinity for, for the original figures. Uh, I mean, they do look like they were a lot of fun, particularly with the play sets, but um, I'm certainly glad they went with the, a bit more of a comic feel for me. Yeah. And accessory-wise, it comes with a uh, bit of a club with a spike in it. And uh, be a Hildebrand axe. Yeah, it's a halberd. 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 And um, gosh, they they vary, don't they? My my halberd actually, which of course is you know this great long pole arm with a uh, an axe head on it on one end, is actually really nicely done. The the shaft actually looks like it's made of wood. It's got mm. this black and brown kind of feel. But then the club, um, I don't know what's going on here. I think when Gertie went to um, add some washers on this one, she sneezed. And- um, just kind of slop some black Did, wash on there. This and weirdly, I don't know if you have a bit on the spike on the top. Um, there's like a weird, almost metallic wash over the part that connects it to the club, but it's the same wood brown colour, but it's just got a weird shine to it in that section. Yeah. Now that you mention it, it, does it looks like it's got a copper? Yeah, just as if that's the the, uh, the metal part that's joining the spike onto the wooden club or something like that. Yeah, just a, a, weird, a weird touch there, but it it kind of looks like it's out of a Simpsons line, uh, not Simpsons, a uh, Flintstones line, and yes, kind of ended up here in uh, his hand. And uh, going back to what you said before, um, so Jackalman, both uh, the, the hands that he actually comes with attached uh, for holding a weapon, uh, but then he's got a swap-out set of hands, both one for the left and one for the right, and once again, they are almost identical. Really, the only difference that I can see is that the thumb is in a slightly different position. So it's almost yeah. as if... One set is a club-holding hand and the other is the halberd-holding hand because you want a bit of an angle. Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm wondering if it was meant to be, like, maybe they were hoping, like, how we got Skull with um, the Motu line, maybe they'd be able to get the Thunder Tank and that would be, like, a steering hand or something on the controls or I, I just can't work out why we get these extra um hands in like it it seems like that money could have been spent elsewhere than thumb up or thumb down on a weapon that's just it's it's like one's just got slightly more of an angle to the other so that it, you know if you wanted him to i think the, the the best example would be if he was standing on guard duty he could just kind of have that forearm sticking straight out and then hold the halberd straight up and down but if you wanted to get a cool fighting stance he'd switch to the slightly angled hand um to get a bit of a yeah i, I don't know it's, it's very awkward yeah. i don't know that it you know you get that much for your you know that much bang for your buck yeah so hmm all right. Well, Jackal Man, very cool. Mm. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, obviously he's kind of the, the beast man of, of the Thundercats, and I think um, throwing a villain in there uh, in addition to one we're about to talk about um, <laughs> is, a, is a bit of a win. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly there's some uh, some others I was hoping for, but uh, oh, look, you know, yes, yeah. he's, uh, he's pretty cool. All right, let's move on to our sub exclusive and mm. Mumra. Can't quite say it yeah. the same way, but um, anyway, um, well. So this is the sub figure, and uh, I actually, I have to say, I forgot about this guy <laughs> in terms of. I mean, I knew he was the sub figure, but I, I was just sort of thinking, oh, you know, when he arrived and I got him out, I went, oh, oh, it's the, it's the, the, you know, it's the emperor version of Mumra yep. as opposed to the Darth Vader version of Mumra, you know, where he's totally roided up and ready to kick some ass. And so now there, there is a little bit of trivia here with him being, uh, the sub exclusive, which is in the original toy line. Uh, this version of Mumra was the mail away exclusive. Mm. Uh, so it's a, uh, nice, uh, little nod to that, uh, for the reason why he's the sub exclusive. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I've got to admit, uh, I was a bit dis- obviously I was disappointed because, you know, if you're going to have, uh, Lino battling it out, you don't want it with the little, you know, generic old guy wrapped in bandages. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, he's, he's hoping that, uh, when they were putting this line together, there was eventually going to be an empowered, uh, Mumra, but this mm. is the kind of the, uh, the shriveled, I'm just going to threaten you first guy. Um, the first thing you notice about this guy when you get him out uh, is he comes with two cloaks. Yeah. Uh, so we got one with uh, sort of a one open shoulder and one shoulder down, and then one with both shoulders open. Um, look there. So uh, if you want, want to have him with the hands out, I actually have a bit of I like the figure sculpt, but. His posability, I have issues with. Yeah. Uh, he's got these bandages that are uh, attached at his wrist that sort of loop around like a shawl around his back, and it's hard to get him sort of outstretched arm posing like the cloak would lead you to believe he could without sort of risking pulling and tearing uh, these bandages at the back. And the way they're also glued on are just at awkward ang- angles, so it's kind of bending back on itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love the fact that this guy is little enough that uh, you get um, the two cloaks. So obviously one of them gives you the opportunity to sort of have his arms out holding, you know, his, his staff. And then, of course, the other one has that very much that Emperor Palpatine feel where you can sort of mostly cover him up and have him as the little decrepit guy walking along. Um, so, that, you know, that's, that's actually quite clever. It's a bit of a hassle to get them sort of in and out yeah. uh, as well. Now, but, um, do you have the, his uh, head sculpt bandages coming out of the cloak or under the cloak? Well, I pretty much left him as was. I, I took it out and had a play and then just sort of left him almost as if he'd come straight out of the packet. I, I do like him actually holding his staff, etc. So, mm. um, yeah, he went back pretty much the same way he came out. Nice. Yeah, so... Um, the, the execution of this figure is actually quite impressive. Uh, you know, often we see these designs uh, in things like, you know, comics and, and TV shows, and then when it comes to actually rendering them in 3D form, it's uh, not as simple uh, as uh, as we think, and I, I certainly feel sorry for the people that have to do it. Um, but the Four Horsemen have just done a sensational job. I mean, obviously there are limitations, uh, the ones that Eddie just talked about, but... Um, the, the the appearance he actually looks fantastic with yeah. the, the bandages hanging off and, the, and and sort of glued into those forearms. 
Yeah, and even the ones dangling around like his sort of skirt piece and there's a couple of pieces around his chest and hanging off his head, he just feels like a very layered figure. Like he seems like he's just made of bandages, yeah, uh, basically, right. which is fantastic. Yes, and so he's... Uh I'd say he was originally uh, cast in sort of a, um, gosh, an ivory-coloured plastic and then the blue around his face, hands and sort of feet has been painted on and then obviously the red eyes as well. But then there's a really nice dry brush over the entire figure, which is just Mm. giving some depth to those bandages, which is kind of nice because the the cloak is actually quite boring. It's just cast in uh, red rubber and, uh, yeah, it's quite dull otherwise. (laughs) Uh, He does come with a couple of accessories. He comes with the aforementioned uh, obscure hands. Um, (laughs) Once again, we get another set of hands that are a slight variation of the two that he's already got these ones seem slightly better in that one pair seem to be like almost outreaching gripping yeah. hands and the others are more closed gripping hands but yeah yes. still yeah. not a huge difference true true so he comes with his uh his gigantic um uh staff which has the kind of the dragon skull uh, head on the end of it. At first, I thought it was quite dull in terms of the the paint apps, but then I noticed that it looks like there is actually a bit of a dry brush over um, the whole uh, length of that that staff, which is actually kind of cool. He also comes with these little sort of serpent um, yeah. so wand thing. I I think this is the hilt of his sword, similar to the dagger for Lino. This oh, turns yes. into his sword. I could be wrong on uh, that though. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So um, they're certainly not robbing us in uh, the accessories. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's very cool. All right. Well, let's move on again, and uh, we're moving on to not Chitara. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm not bitter at all. Yep. Uh, no. And no. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, Pumra. Yeah. Pumra. I can't. <laughs> I keep thinking this this probably uh, isn't going to mean a lot to people outside of Australia, and to be honest, probably not mean a lot to people in Australia. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you, Ben, have ever heard uh, any of the recordings of a comedian called the Twelfth Man. I have indeed. Yes. Yep. Uh, so there's he's a uh, famous impersonator comedian that has uh, sort of these radio plays about cricket announcers and he impersonates actual cricket announcers and there's one where he always uh, for um, Puma pants he always talks about Puma pants. One thing, oh, I have pooed my pants. Um, And that's always what I think of when I say her name. Uh, Is pooed my pants. She doesn't have the the easiest of pronunciations. So (laughs) um, she is what they refer to as a second generation Thundercat. So, um, you know, like all good TV shows, once they thought things were starting to slow down a bit, they decided to change things up by introducing. Characters who essentially come out of nowhere uh, and mysteriously join up. So she was one of three uh, Thundercats that uh, joined the team along with Link So. And um, the first thing I notice about her is she's huge. Mm. 
She, she, I mean, I don't remember her being big in the show. I mean, she's uh, she's a bit of a regular uh, in the second season, sort of onwards. But she's a really tall figure. She leaves um she leaves Lino for dead. I mean, yes, she's got some heels on, but I'm just sort of doing a size comparison here, and he's obviously got the bulk. But gosh, that's yeah. Uh, she's 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 a big lass. Yeah. Uh, which is odd because, uh, yeah, as I said, I don't think she was particularly big in the show. I don't think, you know, this is probably the buck they would have used for Chitara if they ever sort of got there. Mm. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I, I got no idea about um, Pumara, so I don't know if her being bigger was accurate, if she was sort of portrayed as a bit more Amazonian or... I don't think so. I think this is just how the buck has actually turned out. Come through. I think now it, it's fair to say... This was at a time that we knew Maddie Collector was starting to go under. They were delaying a lot of these figures um, from their initial release dates. And so I could see if potentially it's the test sample comes in slightly above on scale, they might not be too fussed in uh, sort of turning around at the factory. I think they were just pumping things through to get them through at uh, this point in the production line, which was a bit yeah. sad. And well, we also um, should probably mention that when this line was originally announced, they actually revealed six figures. And there was um, a Jaguar and is it Groom? I'm blanking on his name, but it was uh, the villain. Groom, ca- the huge yeah, the sort of saber-toothed tiger guy. Yeah. Um, so it was those two. Uh, were also revealed and then just because the end of Maddie Collector and that when the line actually went up for subscription they only did these ones that we're talking about tonight and the other two were sculpted and done so I do wonder what it was that made them go Pumira over say Groom or Jaguar um, mm. when obviously both of those are much uh, bigger mythos figures than uh, yeah. uh, whether she was much further along in production than those two when it was much easier for them or what. Yeah. This is the one that obviously you see a lot of collectors trying to sell and <laughs> move on. I'm sure you could jump on eBay and find twice as many Pumiras than any other character uh, turning up. Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, she's certainly a nice figure and, and uh, you know, I'm a fan of the character. She's, um, you know, she's a good egg, so to speak. But um, I think for me, I mean, obviously she's Amazonian in, in size and she's a reasonably straightforward character. Like there's an awful lot of flesh tone, uh, flesh as in her flesh tone. Um, and then really, you know, the, the most of it comes from sort of having this um, vinyl uh, skirt going on. Um, I think probably for me the thing that's throwing me off a little bit is she's got some really sort of heavy paint apps to the face, particularly that sort of mascara, that black around the eyes, and it's it's kind of um, you know aging her a bit, and you know, she almost looks like she's the you know the the great art of the Thundercats, <laughs> but she's she's actually not meant to be an older character. She's actually sort of a, a young you know thing. She's the uh, the, the pacifist healer. Uh, of the Thundercats. Um, one of the things I noticed is this need. Um, they've cast her in the, 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 the her flesh tone for most of the parts, but that lower forearm that I mentioned that's <laughs> common, that looks like they've got gloves, they've cast her hand and those lower 
from the elbow down in that lighter color and then obviously painted it to match so you can see the you know the the paint apps go from um you know the upper forearm to the lower bicep and it looks uh, yeah a little bit odd under my strong light but um hmm. i think she's a fairly well done figure i like the fact that the thundercats logo on her chest is actually a sculpted disc it's not yep. just a, a tampo put straight on i mean obviously it's just a disc and they've added something later but it's nice to see that's actually a separate sculpt because that could have um that could have gone pear-shaped um yeah, a couple of nice elections. Yeah. She's got her sort of medicine pouch on her on her hip, and that's nicely done. It's got a little bit of sculpting on it to give it that sort of leather-looking thing. But um, I, I thought the, the the interesting thing with her is when you take her out, she's got her whip cord, which is her weapon, and it's a, it's a kind of a sling that she uses to throw things, pellets, and other types of things um, wrapped around her waist, as is. Uh, you know, she's wont to do, but she actually comes with a separate one in uh, the box. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's when they give you th- that sort of ability to, you know, because if you had got one, you know, as, as a separate piece, you'd be going, oh, what a shame I can't wrap it around her waist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, and the waist one is uh, detachable too. It's got the little peg to slide it off. Uh, in yeah. The so, yeah, lots a few different display options. My only complaint is that it, it doesn't sit flush with her waist. It's kind of a... It's, yeah, it sort of rides up a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to sort of work out where it should sit to... to it actually, for me, it hangs better uh, if I turn it around and hang, have it hanging off her right hip than off the left, mm. which is a bit awkward since you'd think the figure is exactly the same on both sides. But yeah. um, So anyway, that looks pretty yep. cool. But she actually comes with, uh, I think, the best of the bunch in terms of accessories. So she has her a whip cord with the little pellets actually in there ready to go. Um, she comes with her mega kick-ass shuriken, gigantic. Yep. So the crow, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I I did remember hearing that she actually doesn't use this in the show. This is a, I, another character's. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, nice nice to have it. It is a distinct weapon that I actually have been displaying her with. <laughs> and I honestly have no idea what the other thing is. Uh, so, a Apparently it is some sort of wand or that from the show, but I, yeah, this was one I remember when she came out, I did watch a review of someone explaining what these pieces were, but they have since gone from my mind, but it is (laughs) some sort of invisibility crystal or wand piece from an episode or, uh, so yeah, it might not have even been an episode that she was in. I don't think it has any connection specifically to her, but, um, just a nice way of getting a piece of the law out there. Yeah. I think that's the sort of thing that, uh, has happened a couple of times in this particular line and that is getting some, uh, some actual, uh, items, uh, unique items from the show and sneaking them in with various characters. But that's actually pretty cool because uh, that means she comes with, you know, the three accessories and she actually comes with functional swap out hands. Yeah. Hooray. Yay. <laughs> so she has the, uh, the open, so, well, I guess the, the weapon holding hand on her right hand that she can hold her krull. Uh, mega kick-ass shuriken with the thumb up, uh, and then you can swap out her left hand, which is for the same kind of hand. But she has a uh, a left fist, and actually no, it's a right fist, and her left hand is a gesturing, spell casting kind of hand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. 
I'm yeah. I, look, I'm as much as I, I, you know, I obviously want Chitara. I think both the original Chitara and the one in the uh, the new series they did a couple of years ago were both fantastic. And um, you know, unfortunately, that that sort of uh, cast a bit of a grey cloud for me. But hmm. anywho, I think it just ended up being her placement. Like I'm sure if this line had gone for two or three years, by the third year, people would be saying like, "Oh, where's Pumara? We really." want her and but it's just because it ended up being such a limited run um unfortunately i cast a bit of a shadow over her all right and well haven't we saved a doozy for last yeah vin diesel (laughs) that's right we have panthro hooray uh so you know he's technically the only other sort of adult thundercat um so, but uh, yeah, this guy's pretty darn awesome. Um, he uh, see this is one where uh, I, I'm interested in the whole Motu buck use because uh, I've always had the feeling that the Panthro is much bigger than um, the you know the other adult Thundercats you know bigger than than Lino etc. But uh, he scales up almost exactly the same as Lino. Mm, so this is one. I think it's the. Might only really be sort of the upper thigh and under the cod piece, uh, really the only Motu buck on him. And then I think the rest is all new. M- maybe his right um, uh, upper arm and shoulder, and the shoulders of Motu, sorry. Um, but his uh, left arm from the shoulder down is all new, and right arm from the elbow down. Uh, is new sculpting. So he's fairly new. Like they seem to have used a different piece for the chest there. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they had a chance to probably go a little bit bigger with him, but then he would have been a hundred percent new sculpt. So I think it's just keeping him in on some parts. Yeah, it looks like he's mostly sculpted in that uh, that grey plastic, but there's actually some really nice highlights again, pretty much um, reflecting what I said uh, about Lino, where uh, they've just sort of gone for a slightly darker colour uh, around the, the sort of the lower uh, recesses of the muscle to really bring out that definition. So um, for, for what's effectively a straight grey coloured figure, uh, he does actually have a, a pretty decent amount of depth uh, in the way he looks. So very <laughs> cool. And I, loved, I did like his little ninja booties. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're not getting that the constant reuse of feet. Um, I noticed both uh, Jackal Man, Lino, and um, Panthro all have sort of different feet, which is actually mm. pretty cool. Um, this figure, I notice, really uh, has the whole cartoon eye thing going on. So he's got very, yep. very large and very pronounced eyes. So if this is something you're not a fan of, this will probably be your least favourite figure. Yeah, he um, just... Looks like Vin Diesel to me for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Panther always has had a bit of that to him, but uh, there's something about that head sculpt that just looks like uh, Diesel. Yes. <laughs> Actually, so, I do really like the sculpt on his uh, Thundercat symbol on his chest. It's like a big, um, really popped-out button 
mm. air on it makes it really nice and prominent. And just the sort of scratching on the plastic sculpt around it to give it sort of a leathery effect on the belt. Yes. Really yeah, nice. It's a good job. Uh, I mean, his whole harness is actually quite well done, so the, <laughs> the spikes are quite pronounced as well, and, um, you know, it, it's not super tight on there either, so it's, uh, there's a little bit of movement in there. So uh, in terms of the actual figure, he's, uh, he's quite well executed, mm. but um, really it's kind of hard not to get distracted by these awesome accessories because uh, this guy is the king of accessories. Yeah. And this was the one I was uh, really worried about because, as we sort of mentioned in the beginning, my panthro didn't turn up for about four months, as well as <laughs> my uh, filmation clawful. And one of the reasons I was very worried about this is because these guys were technically the last two things to ship from Maddie Collector. And I was figuring, well, being the last two produced from a company that's kind of going out, um, they're probably not heavily uh, produced number-wise, and yes. they are too popular um, releases from both subscriptions, uh, Panthro being obviously a main character and Clawful being uh, sort of one of the biggest changes in filmation design to actually be a different figure for people. Uh, I was like, oh, these guys are just going to go for a ton of money on the secondary market. Just know <laughs> yeah. it. And it was getting to, uh, so Panther came out in December and it was late March that I was actually at a toy show and there was an Australian seller that had a Panther going for $80 which actually wasn't that bad compared to what I'd been looking at online uh, for him once you took in shipping to Australia and that. And I was very tempted to get him, uh, decided not to, and then kind of regretted it and was having a look uh, online. And there was one actually looked like it was going to go for around $68.00. Uh, shipped from within Australia, so I was just about to do a um, bid on that. That was going to end on an afternoon, and the afternoon it was going to end was when mine actually turned up <laughs> on like one of the last days in March. So I don't know where the hell um, they went for. Apparently they had a stamp on it that they'd gone through Sweden at one point. Oh, uh, <laughs> so they've probably been on a bigger journey on the around the world <laughs> than I might have ever been. Uh, but it's, uh, it's really peculiar because mine, mine, you know, pretty much shipped uh, and, and arrived, you know, normal, normal speed. Well, yeah, you know, normal speed for digital rip. Yeah, just it's just one of those things, and it seemed to happen every now and then to people. It was just it was my turn, and for some reason, it was the very last one to ship. And it was that weird thing because the company basically went out in December, so I had no one yeah. to even complain to or. <laughs> buzz up and be like, hey, I haven't got this because there was no one working there anymore to <laughs> really be uh, concerned about. So I just thought it was a bunch of money down the drain. But uh, very glad it did uh, turn up and uh, I got this figure because after Lino, this is the guy that I wanted uh, the most just on basic principle. One of my favorite characters from the mythos. And as you said, he comes with a ton of of accessories that always get me excited. So you've got the claw nunchucks. Uh, it's a separate red piece of the claw nunchucks that goes into a big uh, fan motion display piece, kind of like that Diamond Select Thor hammer that came yes. out a couple of years ago. This is 
absolute torture for me because they've done such a good job on the nunchucks by actually using real chains. So you've got that sort of metal chain going on, which just looks fantastic, <laughs> particularly the way he sort of holds you know, both ends of the nunchucks. But then they go and give you this alternative option where you can actually use this giant blue disc that's that's behind him in the packaging and plug the the red sort of nunchuck in and and, and have it look like he's spinning. It's like I I I, I can't be expected to make these <laughs> yeah. kinds of decisions. Like, well, this is where I might frustrate people because I have once again <laughs> he's got in one hand the chain nunchuck and in the other hand he's spinning. Uh. I mean, he's pantry. He must be clever yeah. enough to make two of these. Yeah. Or have one spare. He, they, they fought against the Ninja Turtles, and he was like, well, if he gets two nunchucks, I get <laughs> Well, that's right. Well, that's right. So, yeah, it, it's very – I think even just getting the nunchucks and the other accessories as is would have been a, a win, but to get that kind of um, spinning effect, which is, you know, this this – big chunk of blue plastic that has, um, you know, the swirls, you know, sculpted into it and then, you know, six times uh, at six different points around the, the radius of the, the, sorry, the circumference of the circle, you've got these blue nunchuck sticks to make it look mm-hmm. like it's spinning. It's it's just fantastic. They've done a really, really good job. One thing I really like is the chain is also long enough so you can do that thing of just, like, draping it around his neck or yes, sort of yes. doing a few little, you know, sort of having the chain reach around his back and holding on both sides or bits and pieces like that that sometimes it's just that you know three or four links a chain and you just really can't do anything but dangle but this you really can pose with absolutely and even do that towel thing where he's sort of scrubbing between his legs on either side (laughs) if you really wanted to it's just lots of different options here uh, the, the AFB podcast does not endorse uh, using nunchucks to, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, now, in terms of swap-out hands, uh, this guy's a complete failure. Um, you know, he gets a swap-out left hand that is kind of the same as his left hand, so once again we get that almost like a slightly closed fist. Uh, but it's one thumb down, one thumb up, so uh, choose your hand. Yeah. Um, he also comes with two uh, additional accessories. One is his uh, his trusty thundrometer, um, which is used to uh, detect the thundrillium and, and whatnot. Um, and the other is a very bent out of shape um, key of omens. Yeah. So I think this is the key to the thunder tank, isn't it? Uh, it's the, the key to the book of omens. Ah, okay. It's um, there was an episode where Panthro actually has to use this key to actually open the Book of Omens and uh, and get Lino out, who's been stuck in the pages. But you know, that's uh, neither here nor there. No. Um, th- this is one of those classic examples where someone goes, "Hey, let's make the the little hole in the packaging half the size of the <laughs> yeah. so When the poor people have to actually um, put it in the packaging, they've got to bend it in half. Um, and, and so, of course, you get this key out that's you know almost does a 90-degree turn because it's so poorly um, bent out. I think my thundrometer, just because of the shape and the way it was squeezed into the pad, actually shot halfway across the room (laughs) when I went to pop it out. I'm like... Yes, it's, it almost looks like a bar of soap in, yeah. its, in its shape. So pushing it out, um, you know, you're, you're really uh, going to have to wear some safety goggles just in case that goes launching out at speed. Mm. But, um, yes, that, that kind of brings us to the end. Yeah, and quite literally, unfortunately, with this line. Yes. Uh, I'm, and I'm sure, like, 
knowing the way that we have luck on the um, day before we actually release between recording this, um, there'll be some big announcement over at Super 7 and we'll be getting all these uh, figures and there's going to be a special um, lair of (laughs) a lion that has these hand grips that all these upturned thumbs go in and what a great key element that everyone's going to be loving and it was all hidden in there from the beginning and we're going to be <laughs> here lamenting well, it all. But I- you, look at, you look at some of those kick-ass accessories that Motu fans have received, um, you know, from the, the Wind Raider right up to Castle Greyskull, you'd have to wonder whether something like the Thunder Tank, you know, really wouldn't have been out of the ordinary um it's it's pretty obvious that fans are willing to pay some decent money for these sorts of things so you know if i was looking at uh, you know 120 140 bucks for a really well done thunder tank then, then you know that's what i would have paid so yeah i and their work on that piece because i do have uh, the wind raider and the roton and gray skull and that's some of the horsemen's best work they you can just feel that they knew they were working on something different and one of the things i really loved with those that i'm sure they could have worked with on the thundercats is a lot of toys in um on 80s vehicles had sort of stickers where you'd have mechanical parts and they actually went through and recreated those stickers but in actual sculpt and paintwork (laughs) and there's just some amazing um elements on those vehicles that I'm sure would have been great um, to see in the Thunder Can- uh, Thunder oh. Tank or uh, Le- is it Lair of Omens? Lair of Omens. Lair of Omens. Yeah. That could have been amazing. But there is a little bit of hope that Super 7 um, have been quite vocal about wanting to acquire uh, the license and keep it going much like uh, they have announced with Motu. There still really hasn't been... Anything that's shipped yet, so I'm going to play it safe uh, there on that one. I'm fairly positive they will, but um, just until we actually do do it, they have announced with uh, Motu stuff coming up. Unfortunately, the Thundercats line actually belongs to uh, Warner Brothers uh, that Mattel were renting off for this line, uh, and Mattel do still have a period of window where they are in control of the license and whether... Um, Super 7 can either sublet the license from Mattel or Warner Brothers will allow um, and convert the license over to Super 7. Uh, whether Warner Brothers is going to charge Super 7 that's a much smaller company um, the rate and what they sort of want with it and there's all sorts of um, loopholes and that that uh, sort of come into it in getting this so it's not quite as simple for them as getting the uh motu license but at least they have been vocal about wanting it not sort of leaving fans hanging i do get the feeling that they are doing what they can to get it and get it done uh so i think if we keep our fingers crossed we might see something because i'm actually more interested to see more new Thundercats characters than Motu one because Motu we were quite lucky we got all the original uh, figures out and a lot of characters we never expected to get it so it really is uh, some of the basics um, or sort of lower bottom of the barrel stuff uh, coming out from Motu now in terms of new characters whereas Thundercats there's a lot of characters we 
still uh, need here, like Chitara, Bengal, Tigra. I, I even had a Rattila as a kid. I really want Sly to be Vulture Man, Ape Man, Mumra, the Immortal, um, in his sort of hulked out mode, like, like Bearbles. We even get a good yeah. I, I better put my money where my mouth is and say, you know, like if you're listening, um, I'll, I'll go up to maybe 150, you know, 150 bucks for a, a Thunder Tank. And hey, look, if you really are going to do a cat's lair and, and you do it properly, I'll, I'll go up to 300. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I think Grace Gull was around five hundred in the end for us. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, geez. for us. Yeah, uh, that's um. I suppose that's a big hunk of plastic, and that that was worth every cent of it. They did okay. amazing work. So I'll I'll, I'll touch that on the same one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, well, hopefully that doesn't wrap up um, our Thundercats reviews for any time, you know, soon. Hopefully we, you know, back discussing uh, Phase 2 at some point. But um, for now, that's it. Easy done. So thank you for uh, joining us here again for another episode. I do want to do a... Uh, shout out again. Um, if you do have anything around your place, maybe you've got some of the old classic Thundercats figures or some of, uh, the newer ones from the recent reboot and, uh, you would like to hear a bit of conversation about that. Think about maybe recording it and sending it in to us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, much like Peter did with those Metal Gear Solid figures. Uh, recently we are always happy to uh, take submissions here and you may just heard it played on the show so uh, also any other feedback or comments that you have um, what you thought about Thundercats classics um, did you have the vintage ones as a kid anything like that uh, definitely drop us a line or jump over to our Facebook page and let us know Absolutely, and if you own the original Cat's Lair and you have a 3D printer and you want to upscale it, then uh, drop me a line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy done. All right. Thank In you. the meantime, take care. Good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, the Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening. Mischief managed.